0: Chuckin' It From The Cheap Seats is the newest podcast covering high school basketball. Head coach Josh Thompson interviews some of the most impactful people who make Hoosier hysteria great. New episodes drop every Wednesday. Subscribe to Chucking It From The Cheap Seats wherever you listen to your podcasts. Our next guest on the Chuckin' It From The Cheap Seats podcast has been involved in Indiana basketball in a variety of capacities. He's perhaps best known for his epic run at Forest Park, in the mid-2000s he led the Rangers to one state finals appearance and back-to-back state championships in 2005 and 2006. From there he went on to Shelbyville where he led the Bears for four seasons. Now he is heavily involved in the Indiana Basketball Coaches Association where he currently has the title of Associate Executive Director and Chief Operating Officer. After a long career in Indiana high school hoops he's now doing what he loves the most, giving back to the game coaches, and players in the state. Please welcome to this episode of Chucking It From the Cheap Seats, Coach Tom Beach. Okay, this week on the Chucking It From the Cheap Seats podcast, we are blessed to welcome Coach Tom Beach, uh, state champion coach multiple times, and um, the father of a head coach and the, the father-in-law of the head coach. So we're going to talk about all those topics, but Tom Beach, welcome to the show. Thank
1: you. Well, we appreciate you having me on. Well, uh, I've heard a lot of good things and uh, feel blessed that, that uh, I'm not sure I'm deserving of this honor, but I uh, well, feel anytime, happy to have a conversation.
0: Anytime you've got a couple blue rings, you're, you're more than deserving to be on the Barry Media checking it from the Cheap Seats podcast. Um. yeah, Coach, you're a guy that, that I've wanted to have on for quite some time, not only to talk about what you have done and what you've accomplished as a coach, um, also as a family man, but also the, the work that you're doing with the IBCA. I just I think a lot of how you've given back to the game, and so I wanted to make sure that we got you on this year.
1: Well, thank you. Really
0: appreciate that. So, so Coach, I'm the you – know, the first question that I've got for you today is: How do you go from growing up in Vincennes, Indiana, to becoming a head coach? How, how did how did that evolution happen?
1: <laughs> well, I, I, I'm going to start off by saying that I've had a very blessed life. for I'm 65 years uh, on this earth, and uh, I've been very blessed. Uh, I, I was not blessed. With, any basketball talent uh i was short i was slow i couldn't shoot it makes it hard to make your basketball team when you're all those things uh-huh but uh the, the coach at been friends at the time was uh, gunner wineman mm-hmm. and and i was friends with his son uh phil and i just loved the game of basketball mm-hmm. and uh gunner allowed me to be involved um He knew how much I loved basketball. And in his feeder program, um, they they had the the elementary schools had fifth and sixth grade boys teams. Mm -hmm. And um, Gunner put me in charge of officials Mm -hmm. for those games. Mm -hmm. And I just loved that and ate that up. And then when I I graduated from Vince Lincoln and I went to Purdue, and uh did some other things there to to, to try to stay involved in the games just a, a little bit, but uh you know, I also got away from it somewhat being a college student at Purdue and mm-hmm. did the college student things and then uh you know when I decided I was going to be a teacher and a coach um I graduated from purdue and and got a job at uh, Forest Park high school
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that's kind of where everything took off for me um uh I convinced those people to hire me to be their freshman coach uh Nate Stellenberger was the head coach and uh he was dumb enough to hire me and and put me in charge of the (laughs) freshman team and and I I spent every day um you know I would go to varsity and JV practice and and back at that time you know there was enough kids that Every school had a varsity and a JV and a freshman team, and,
0: and some schools had, had a some schools had A and B freshmen, didn't they?
1: Yes, I I had an A and a B team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had I had twenty boys on my freshman squad most years, and and would go to coach games and he'd coach the A game and then he'd coach the B game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I learned a lot from from Nate and, and um, uh, his assistant was a. Um, Uh, A gentleman by the name of Rick Beers, people in Pike County, would recognize that name. And uh, uh, they taught me a lot uh, and and let me grow uh, in the game, not only my knowledge, but uh, my taste and and, uh, wanting to be more involved in the game. Uh, And the other thing, I was lucky being a Purdue grad, and at the time, a couple of names were big in the state of Indiana Gene Katie and Bobby Knight. Mm -hmm. And I was lucky enough to have a personal relationship with both of those guys. And Coach Katie allowed me to come to practice whenever I wanted. And, Uh you know, I read all of his books and watched all of his videos and and the same with Coach Knight. And, And so a lot of my philosophy, I would say came from, those two guys as well as a gentleman by the name of John Wooden. Mm-hmm. And, and I know you know that name. And, you know, I would say those are the three names that really influenced me. And, and all the time I'm living in Ferdinand, Indiana, the big city, uh-huh. of Ferdinand and, uh, and just being allowed to grow. And, um, I, I was a freshman coach for five years and, Nate Snellenberger decided to move on, and they hired a gentleman by the name of Denny Dutaz. Mm -hmm. And Denny was hired me to be the JV coach then. Mm -hmm. And I spent 15 years as his assistant coach Mm -hmm. and really learned what I think is very important at the high school level, and that's developing a program and how to build a feeder program. Absolutely. And I thought Coach Dutaz was just, Fantastic in that, and building that, the feeder program, and uh, after 15 years, he, he decided it was time for him to retire. And Forest Park just kind of said, "You're the next guy." Mm-hmm. And next man up, I just and I I took yeah you know, that next man up, and I I took what Coach ducas had built there in a feeder program at Forest Park and just made some tweaks, you know the old thing, you know, don't reinvent the wheel. Uh, it's round and it's rolling down the street. <laughs> yeah. There's no need to, you don't need to change it. And uh, I just made some tweaks and added my uh, own little quirks to the, to the program. And, and, and then I, again, I, I used the word earlier blessed. I was blessed to have some very talented players and, mm-hmm. and good parents and good support from the administration and, and the, the community as a whole and uh, uh, we're able to just have a very good program and a a great time there at Forest Park.
0: And you know coach you talked about having you know some really good players and and you did have a lot of good players you also had some really good assistant coaches who went on to become head coaches as well didn't you?
1: Yeah and, and that was one of the first things that I did when, when Forest Park hired me to be the head coach, but I, I went out and beat the bushes. I, I wanted someone uh, that knew parts of the game that I didn't mm-hmm. really know. Mm-hmm. And I was able to find a young man uh, by the name of Matt Chrisley, yeah. Uh who's from Heritage Hills High School mm-hmm. just down the road.
0: He knows something uh, about played- uh, developing his, his uh, sons as well, doesn't he? <laughs>
1: Yes, yeah, he does. His <laughs> sons are very great, and he's done a fantastic job, just like he did for me and for Forrest Park. Um, you know, I felt like I was not very knowledgeable with post players. Mm-hmm. And and here was, a, here was a guy, you know, we had a teaching opening,
2: mm-hmm. and here
1: was a guy that wanted to move back home. Um, he had gone off to southeast Missouri State to play college ball and mm-hmm. coaching over or, or in Missouri. And, I said, why don't you come home? And and Matt did a fantastic job for um, us. He was a, he was a great teacher of you know, the game. He was very good in the classroom, very good person in the community, uh, and the players really respected him. And and the things that he was able to teach them, and uh, the support that he gave me over the years, you know, I'll, I'll always be very very thankful to Matt for that. And. Um, but he just did a fantastic job, and then uh, I, I was able to have my freshman coach was a local boy from Forest Park that that I had actually coached his name Nate Hawkins, mm-hmm. and uh, Nate was a freshman coach, and then um, when I left Forest Park, he took over the position and coached at Forest Park, and then he went over to Heritage Hills and. Been very successful in his own career, yeah, and he is still coaching at Heritage Hills and has done very, very well for himself. And uh, he was just a guy full of energy. And uh, and on this, you mentioned assistants. There's so many assistants that people. When you're a coach, there's so many people that touch your life. Um, at the time that I was the head coach, technology was evolving
2: and mm-hmm.
1: becoming more and more a part of basketball. Yeah. And I had a young man that, that I talked with across the hall from me that really was not a basketball coach. Mm-hmm. But he came on board and, and took over the, all that technology stuff. His name was Josh Susat. Mm-hmm. And Josh took over all that, you know, running the film room and, and editing tape and coming to me and say, Coach, you know, it, it's, it's the year 2000. and So we, we've got to have this tape machine. Or, or video machine. And, yeah. Uh, I was like, okay, here's my credit card, go buy it. And, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and he, this he is all, k fork and just, there, there's so many things. Oh, yeah. go into being a head coach, and, and ha- having a program, and, you know, Josh was, so very, very, an integral part of, of, of our success, at fourth part, but, mm-hmm. um, really wasn't that, that basketball guy, And then another guy that I always have said when people ask me about Force Park basketball, I mention the name Aaron Berg. Mm -hmm. And Aaron Berg was our eighth grade coach.
0: Yeah. I know Coach Berg really well. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And I know, you know, any good program has that guy, has that Aaron Berg, Mm -hmm. uh, that coach. he coached our eighth grade. He developed those kids. Uh, and again, back at that time, he, he had an A and a B team. Yeah. And he, he would he would send uh, the freshman team. He would he would send them twenty players every year that mm-hmm. he coached. And he had that unique ability to be able to get along with those eighth graders, which you know, as a teacher, you know, middle school kids can. <laughs> Be a little furry sometimes. <laughs> I just but, came out of my. <laughs> I just came out of my middle school PE
0: class. So i really, really know what you're talking about.
1: And uh, uh, you know, Berg had that unique ability to push those kids. I, I'd go to watch his practice, and it was just amazing to me how he could push them so hard mm-hmm. and get the most of their abilities. And then after practice, they're just hugging him and saying. You know how much they loved him, and,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: and and he taught all the things that we wanted taught. You know when they came to the freshman level, that they, they knew certain sets, so they knew how we wanted to play defense. And mm-hmm. you know, Coach Berg was never about being for Coach Berg. He, everything he did, he you know he'd say, Coach Beach, what defense do you want me to play? What? Yeah. How do you want me to run this drill?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh,
1: and. and and those kids came from the eighth grade into high school knowing how to be basketball players and knowing how to be good people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, th- those things go hand in hand. Obviously, you know, every coach you're in, it, you want to – you're your liar if you say you don't want to win games. Yeah. But y- y- you want to see those young people develop into good people. Mm-hmm. And Coach Berg set that foundation for those kids um, – and I always said, you know, Forest Park basketball never would have happened if Coach Berg didn't live in Bergen, Indiana. Yeah. Um, and and I truly believe that. And again, I was so blessed to to, to have Coach Berg around, and um, you know. And then I, you know, you mentioned my family. I, I was I was very lucky. Um, I, I was a young teacher. And the good Lord sent this beautiful young lady from Indiana University to teach Spanish at Forest Park. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, she was somehow dumb enough to go out <laughs> to eat with me one night, and I I tied her up and never let her leave, yeah, didn't and, let her uh, go. <laughs> and she came from a basketball family. Her her dad mm-hmm. was was a Hall of Fame coach and. Uh, she watched her dad and she watched her mom and yeah. how their family was and and she just kind of continued that and supported me and uh, and she was a great coach and teacher in her own right and uh, uh, was a fantastic track coach and she coached tennis and volleyball and uh, but she the, she was still able to support me and I you know I always felt very very blessed. Of, to have her coming
0: into my life. Absolutely. And, you know, you, you hit on a couple things there, Coach. I, I, I laugh uh, with, with these younger coaches, and you, you talk about going and trading film, whether it was the old VHS tapes <laughs> or, or the DVDs, and you had to meet people, you know. And it's almost, <laughs> you know, and saying this and all joking, it was almost like a drug deal at a McDonald's. You know, you'd you'd go, you'd say, Hey, we're going to meet at this such and such McDonald's at this time, because I'm scouting Perry central modern day. And you're scouting this guy or or this team at, at this school. So let's meet at this McDonald's on the North side of Evansville. And you just did stuff like that. And now everything's instantaneous on huddle.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a big change. I, 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 you know, there's always trade-offs. And and I think the, the huddle thing and those those types of programs are fantastic uh, for coaches. Uh, Coach Shusat would have been in heaven with, with huddle. Uh-huh. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I also think the, the, the negative side of that is, is some of the camaraderie mm-hmm. and the fellowship is missed out on. You know, some of my best times were having a stack of pancakes at Cracker Barrel and giving three DVD tapes to, to that coach and him giving me three DVD tapes. And
0: and just talk. You know,
1: we'd have our pancakes and talk basketball, and then mm-hmm. we'd go home and watch film. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like I said, they the out in the parking lot at McDonald's, and you're peeking around making sure the police aren't <laughs> looking. <around>. <laughs> what,
0: <laughs> what are you handing that guy? Uh, you know, yeah. it, it's funny, Coach, you talk about that and that camaraderie. Um, When I got let go at Springs Valley and was fortunate enough to bounce back and get hired at Wood Memorial, I tell people that I think one of the biggest components into me getting that job at Wood Memorial was the relationship that I had built with Steve Killian through trading film and and meeting Steve, you know, and then when he decided to step down and just be the AD, then that opened up the basketball job. And I applied for it and already had that, already had that relationship with Steve and I tell people that all the time. That is a trade-off. That's a great point. And then, Coach, yeah. you brought up the point with your wife and, and the fact that, you know, she came from a basketball family. Her dad was a coach, and, you know, she she saw that, that give and that take, um, that sacrifice that spouses have to make. Um, and you obviously were fortunate enough to have a really successful career. But I, I say that's one of the other things that um, uh, has caused – some coaches to maybe not have the longevity uh in the game anymore and uh, it's yeah. that, that strain on their relationship and um yeah you know you've got a son now and you've got a son-in-law that that are head coaches and we'll talk about each one of them here in a little bit but what advice would you give to young coaches about that balance uh, with with the home and the coach well it,
1: it's like anything there's a four-letter word that that I hope it's okay for me to use this four-letter word on your podcast. Oh, it is, but it, but it, but it's work, mm-hmm. and, and no matter what you do, you have to work at it. Mm-hmm. And, and was you know, and and so many times, uh, I don't want to sound like the old geezer that's you know ripping on the young people, mm-hmm. but it, it, people they will want to work at their job or they'll want to work at the profession, but they don't want to work at that relationship mm-hmm. and, and that give and take. Yeah, um, You know, you, you make that commitment to mm-hmm. basketball, you make that commitment to your classroom. Mm-hmm. You make that commitment to that person
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: that you said, you know, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you. You have to make that commitment and, and there's going to be ups and downs, um, you know, and I, I always try to stress to my players uh, that, that because I, you know you hear basketball is a, that's, uh, just a sample of what life's going to be, and you're using that to teach that to them. Hey, you might jump off to a big lead in the first quarter, and then you can't buy a basket in the second quarter, and halftime you're behind.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, you gonna are you gonna quit and not play the second half? Yeah. Uh, You know, and and that's what life is. You you know, you're you're gonna you're gonna come home from work, and you're gonna your spouse is gonna have had a rough day at work, and you got to support them. Uh, You know, you're gonna have issues with your children, whatever it is, and you have to work at it. And you can't just throw up your hands and say, "Well, I'm done with this." Because you're not going to – it doesn't matter. You're not going to be successful. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's funny because, you know, a lot of people think that that my life at Forest Park because we we had two state championships. You mentioned two blue rings, and we also had a red ring. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we had – so we had some other really good teams that didn't get one of those rings. Yeah. But that didn't mean they weren't successful. Absolutely, they were. You know, whatever it was, we, we had a bad bounce. We, we had some bad, bad luck. We had somebody sick or hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there, there's all those things, and you still they, they were still very successful, and um, they they worked very hard, and and that's what's important. And now that I see those those young men, they're they're men now that have their own families and they they're working at those things and use the things that they learned in basketball to help them be successful business people or doctors or teachers or whatever it is they're doing
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, and also being successful with their families and life's life's not about cherry picking it, it, it's about working
3: mm-hmm. and
1: making it all happen I love that um, that's, and that's great you know it's that roller coaster. There's sometimes you're going to be
0: up at to the top and the world looks really great. There's times you're down at the bottom mm-hmm. and you're wanting to throw up. Yeah, absolutely. So. Well, and you know, and I I think it's awesome that you bring up that that point too about how it's always work. You know, it doesn't mean that it's yeah. not enjoyable, but it's but it's always right. a lot of work. And especially as a coach, like you know, we were fortunate enough to win one a couple of years ago and. I tell people all the time, like, you would think that that would have been the most joyous of times, but that was also some of the most stressful times, too, because, yeah. you know, for you guys, you're getting ready to play Harding, you know, and, and th- you know, that's not going to be an easy game. And you're going into the state finals, and you got to prepare, and you want to enjoy that time with your team, but that's stressful, and it's stressful for the families as well. So, yeah. That's, that's oh, yeah. I,
1: I'll, I'll give you an example. Wonder One of our state runs. Um, the the sectional is one of the most stressful weeks of the year, you know. And you're preparing for it for 20 weeks, mm-hmm. getting ready for that sectional week, and you have to win three games. You got to yeah. win on Tuesday, you got to win on Friday, you got to win on Saturday. You prepare scouting reports for two teams that you don't even play,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and you throw them in the trash can. And then you got it, and then you get Sunday off. Supposedly, but that's when you're out going to crack barrel and trade finding the, <laughs> yeah. those those films to exchange, and you're back at it on Monday preparing for this next most difficult week, which at that time was the regional, mm-hmm. and you have to win two games in one day. Yeah, uh, and um, th- that and I, I remember we win the regional, and. And the town of Ferdinand and Community Forest Park was fantastic. Those people worked hard, and they partied hard.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And and they enjoyed life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And we went the regional, and those folks are all out partying. And my wife's got – I'm in the hospital with IV because I uh, didn't do a good job of taking care of myself that week.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and I had to go to the hospital and, and have IV with, with fluids pumped into my body. Yeah uh and then uh uh and, and fluids that were good for my body, not the not the kind that you go down to the pump and get. But, uh, not not, uh,
0: not the kind that everybody was enjoying that was living it up that night right, after you guys won right, the regional.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: And, and you know and then sunday the doctor said well you better get back to work you got another game to win this next week <laughs> that's great said, All right. that's
0: great not even the doctor's yeah. giving you any time off you got to get back to work coach so yeah. we we touched on this a little bit earlier coach about you know th-
1: for over 32 years d1 basketball has offered elite basketball camps and top tier player development programs team camps individual skills camps and shooting camps and improve performance for you Few Indiana Basketball Camps impact performance like D1 Basketball. Since 1989, annual enrollment in D1 Basketball has grown from 80 to 3,500 players, making it one of the largest individual basketball organizations in the Midwest. The mission of D1 Basketball is to help coaches and players maximize their performance. D1 Basketball Facts D1 Basketball Camps are exclusively endorsed by the Indiana Basketball Coaches Association d one team work. camps have hosted more high school, yeah, school section now championship now teams, sure. final four teams, in Indiana and Indian All-Stars, any other camp shootout for summer tournament. d one team camps provide the best chance for a school coach to work with all their teams in his top-tier competition from the The
0: fact that you have a son that's a head coach, Seve, there at South Ripley, and then you have a son-in-law, Perry, that is uh, the, the new head coach at Columbus North. What's that like? Columbus East. Oh, I'm sorry, Columbus I East. said Columbus yeah. Columbus North, but Columbus East, yeah. And so yeah. what's that dynamic like, um, you know, having a son that's head coach and a son-in-law? I mean, it's got to make for some interesting conversations at family dinners, but what, what what type of dynamic does that bring to the table?
1: Well, all kinds of things. Um, you know, first of all, I'm very proud of both of them. Um, obviously, Seve's followed in my footsteps and, you know we've had conversations you know i'm like you know are you sure you want to do this and it, basketball's all he ever knew i mean uh-huh. from the time he could walk he was in the gym at practice and at games and love, we had uh, just not too long ago mom was showing me pictures of him sleeping in the bleachers and um mm-hmm. uh, he used to be scared of the, the i remember he was scared to death of the, the buzzer on the when the at the end of the quarter uh-huh. when the clock would buzz and yeah. he, that was scaring and um uh, but um, you know, it's just it's just real exciting to see him doing his own thing now, and, uh, and and it makes me proud. You know, he'll make that phone call and say, "Hey, what would you do in this situation?" And,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: I, I feel uh, you know very blessed again that he he thinks enough of me that he would call and ask for my advice. And uh, you know, and I, I tell him, you know, I could do some things back in nineteen. 19- 90 that you can't do in night or 2020. Yeah, but uh, uh, but 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 he he's doing really well, and I'm real excited for him. And uh, you know he and he, he loves South Ripley. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's found his I think he's found his place. Um, that that it's kind of strange because their colors are forest green. Yeah, uh, which is what he grew, and they're about the same size schools, Forest Park and same kind type of people that and um that that's where he grew up and i I just think that's what where he wants to be and, and so and, and he's found a young lady that that uh and they given us two grandsons and those I see those two boys running around the gym and I'm like, there goes little Sevy 33 <laughs> years ago <laughs> yeah uh so so that's that's very exciting as a father mm-hmm. and, and to, to see all that happening and uh, to see him doing his own thing. And, you know, sometimes I have to step back and, you know, I, I, I give advice when it's asked for and when it's not, I bite my tongue and say, way to go. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and that's, uh, you know, he, that's his, that's his thing. And, um, you know, and then with, with, with Perry, um, uh, you know, I, I was very happy that my daughter was able to find Perry and, and they, they, They've given us a grandson, and uh, Perry's been a head coach. He's won a sectional and uh, was in the championship game of the regional and uh, has been an assistant coach at different schools, and he's had quite a different experience. And they're very, very excited about their move to Columbus East. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, uh, you know, he's real excited about being in charge of that program. um, uh, You know (laughs) – we, we went out to eat just a couple of days ago, and uh, uh, we were talking, and because he had a student that was was struggling a little bit, and, and he said he, he he told the the, the young student said, look, what what we talked about earlier, you, you've got to work hard, mm-hmm. and and life's life's not about getting cherries. And he said, I just got this head coaching job at Columbus East, and I'm going to get fired at Columbus East at some point in time um
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: and and that's that's reality mm-hmm. um and um you know whether whether he wins 20 games a year or three games a year at some point he's going to be released from his coaching job um that's what coaching coaching is yeah um, and, and uh you know that that's uh, a person, if a person goes into it with binders on, they're, they're just killing themselves. <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, we, we all know that, and yeah. um, that, that's uh, uh, so. You know, I'm very excited for Perry and Tori and, and their new chapter that they're beginning in Columbus. Uh, and, you know, I think Columbus is a great town. Um, uh, you know, actually, Dick and I talked about. You know, we've. We, times where we, we said well, we might move to columbus but you know we've never and then now yeah. Toy and perry are going to be there.
2: <laughs> yeah so
1: um but, but it's a great community and, and and we're real excited for perry and, and like you said that the conversations that at, uh-huh. you know at thanksgiving or christmas or whenever you know whenever we're all able to get together and um uh it just turns into a basketball talk <laughs> sometimes uh-huh. we have to go Wait a minute. Let's talk about something else. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, you know that—that's all we all know mm-hmm. is basketball, and it—it's—it's it's really fun.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and uh, we sometimes, when we're with someone that's not a basketball person, we're like, "You don't want to talk about basketball? Yeah. What else? What yeah. else is there? <laughs> this is all
0: we talk about. So yeah, you better get <laughs> yeah. on. Better get on this. Uh, Coach, you—you you yeah. took a a unique step at the end of your career, uh, as a coach and it, and it, I'm not ruling it out that you're not coming back at some point in time. I'm not going to rule that out. You might tell me that, but I think you may come back at some point, but you went back as a college assistant. What was, what was that like at Anderson?
1: It, it was, it was very exciting. Um, it was something that it had always been in the back of my mind. And, mm-hmm. and my, my father had always kind of pushed me, um, you know, he, he said, why don't you coach in, at the college level? You know, and I was always, dad, I'm a high school coach. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm running my pro. You know, I'm very happy doing what I'm doing. And th- this opportunity presented itself. And, and really the, the hard part was, you know, I, I had for so long been that, Head coach and the person in charge, mm-hmm. and and there were times when when I, uh, you know, first of all, I had to learn the college game, and and it is uh, different uh, because you're recruiting, legally recruiting, mm-hmm. and uh you're and and then uh you know the the players are, are different, and you've got to coach them, and um, uh, but I also had to learn to step back whether it be in practice or whether it would be in staff meetings. And, you know, the, the first year especially, I, I would say, I would want to open my mouth and stick my foot in, and, say, and then I'd go, Tom, oh, you're the assistant coach. <laughs> and, and, and But the guy that, you know, Coach Handy was really good, and, and that, he hired me for a reason. And, um, you know, there were times, you know, he, he, he was really good. He'd, he'd wait and he'd say, You've forgotten, didn't you? And I went, Yeah, I said, I'll take care of it. Uh, but he was really, really good, and, and he had an offensive mind that was phenomenal. That um, you know, he could coach the offensive end of the basketball court. Was, I just was always amazed how good he was on that end, and I, I still learned from him. And that was something that I I think that. I would always say about myself when I was grading myself that I was smart enough to know that I wasn't the smartest guy in the room, mm-hmm. and I was looking to steal, beg, borrow, um, whatever I could from whoever I could. And I learned a lot from Coach Handy, and um, uh, especially on the offensive end. And uh, but but I there were times that, you know I had to make that transition. And there, there were guys that saw how happy I was, and and they said, "I want to try that." And I told them, I said, "You know, you'll you'll really enjoy it." But I said, "You're gonna," I said, "You got to put that ego in check and and understand that you're not the the guy." And um, they, you know, a couple of them were like, "Oh, I don't want to do that," and a couple of them were, "Yeah, I still I want to go ahead and try it," And, and. uh, you know, it, it was a lot of fun. Um, I got to a point where the, the, the college game was more of a young man's game. Um, you know, where you're, when you're in Evansville, Indiana on, on a central time zone on Friday night trying to woo a young man to come to Anderson University and you got to be on a bus at eight o'clock on Saturday morning to go to an away game. Uh, in 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 your conference uh that wears and tears on your body oh after yeah. a while
3: yeah
1: and uh so you know i realized hey i i don't know how i i, I gotta step away from this but mm-hmm. it, it was a great experience for me i'm really glad i did it and i i would tell anybody that has the opportunity to to give it a shot and try it um you know there's some different dynamics that that the the small college scene doesn't you know there's you know, we think high school coaches don't get paid, which they don't. But mm-hmm. the, the small college, um, you're almost paying them to do the job. But mm-hmm. it, it was still a great experience. Um, and I'm really glad that I had the opportunity to do that and got to meet some really great p- kids, young men and families in my travels there.
0: Yeah, that I'm sure was an enjoyable experience for you at the end of your career. Um, but like I said, I don't think you're done yet. but, but. <laughs> the The thing that you got involved in toward the end of your high school career and through that college experience is you never quit working with the IBCA and you continue in that role. And just tell our listeners exactly what it is that you do with the IBCA, because I tell people you're Mr. IBCA.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I started off just like a lot of people. Um, you know, I was a head coach and – and um Coach Steve Whitty contacted me and said, you know, asked me if I'd like to be a, what is called a district rep, which mm-hmm. is kind of how you get started being involved with the IBCA, and you represent a certain part of the state. And, and um, I did that, and I just kind of evolved. I, I got more and more involved and and doing things with the, with the organization, and it just kind of grew. And I, I got they asked me to serve on the executive board, which is kind of the group that really runs the organization. And, and, you know, and and I I looked at it as my way, the the game of basketball provided so much for me Mm -hmm. that I wanted to, you mentioned this earlier, you know, pay back, give back the game. Yeah. And I felt like the IBCA that was that way for me to give back, um, and the IBCA does so many things. Uh, you know, like a, a big thing to me, we give out over forty thousand dollars a year in scholarships mm-hmm.
2: to, to
1: help uh, high school students go to go on to college. And um, we, you know, and we we honor, you know, we we honor all of our coaches, uh, and we we have a we just, you know. Uh, like less than a month, a couple of weeks ago, we had our annual clinic.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, you know, we have, we have over 2000 members, uh and we try to keep them educated and provide educational materials and keep them abreast of the, the new rules and the changes that, that come about, whether they're, you know, from the national or state levels, where, where those regulations and rules are coming from. And, um, And and something, and the organization's always changing. Like right now, we, it's it's a year long process putting on that clinic, but then we also, in June, um, the NCAA, which is the collegiate governing body, decided that they wanted to have these events called scholastic events, which are a way for college coaches to see high school athletes um, with their high school team. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, and you know, everybody's known about travel. I'm going to use the term travel ball. has been around for ages. Mm-hmm. And, and the college coaches, it, it, it's an easy way for college coach, being a college coach, I saw the positive side, you know, I would say I can go to an A, a travel ball tournament over a weekend and see 50 to 75 boys playing basketball,
2: mm-hmm.
1: whereas if I come on a Friday night to, to Montgomery, Indiana to watch a Bar Reef game, I'm going to see, well, you know, 10 or 12 boys, but there's probably only one, mm-hmm. maybe two in that gym that.
0: They can play, are going to play
1: college ball mm-hmm. that I'm looking at.
0: Yeah.
1: And so the, the travel ball. So, so I, what the NCAA said, a college coach still wants to see that player um, in that structured environment. I'm, I'm making quotation marks here. I know your audience can't see what, it, but I'm making those quotation marks in the air, a, a structured environment with their school team. And uh, so we have these events where in June where college coaches from all over the country will come to Indianapolis and watch our Indiana kids play with their high school team. And um, I, I think it's a I think it's a really neat experience and that our high school coaches support it and um, the college coaches from all last year we had over two hundred college coaches um, come in to play in Indianapolis and, and spent three days in Indianapolis watching our our kids play and uh, I'm really happy to be able to help put that on and and, and give back to to those young people that are someday going to be sitting in your seat and my seat.
0: Absolutely. Chucking it from the cheap seats is brought to you by Shootaway, offering products like 12K series guns proven time and again by the nation's top schools and college coaches programs. For special pricing and discounts, contact Bruce Help at 317-767-5543 or go to shootaway.com. Coach, like like you talked about, I I just really appreciate all your work with all those things because I think all those things have made Indiana high school basketball just even better than what it was. And I think that's the key because one of these days you're not going to be around, one of these days I'm not going to be around – and I think it's leaving the game better than we found it. And I think the clinic just continues to improve. And I think the the IBCA from other coaches from other states that I talked to with our scholastic events with the top one hundred and uh, the Charlie Hughes tournament, you guys have just hit it out of the park with those two weekends. So kudos to you guys for that. And you're a big part of that. But as we as I we finish up, that. yeah. As we finish up, Coach, I want to ask your, your opinion on a couple rule changes and maybe some things that are going to be happening with the game. Shot clock. Um, what, what what are your opinions on that, and what are your thoughts? Well, that, that, and, you know, Josh,
1: that's a great question, because I just had a conversation um, the, the other day, and, and um, I was in a meeting with Guy IHSA, and those guys there are—they get a lot of complaints, but they do a great job for mm-hmm. high school athletics. But um, I, I have, again, I look at things, and I—I I, I always say you can have your personal opinion,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but sometimes your personal opinion isn't what—and again, I'm making quotation marks here—what's right. Yeah. Um. And 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 my my personal opinion, I'd like I I wouldn't mind seeing a shot clock.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I have
1: no, you know, I I coached it in college. What people don't realize, it, it very seldom, very very seldom does it ever come into play mm-hmm. uh, it, during a game. Um, and um, I, I I have no problems with it in playing the game.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now. I'm not, I'm not on the sideline coaching anymore and I'm not an athletic director Mm -hmm. that has to find the funds to pay for the shot clock
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and have it installed into your gym. Yeah. Uh, it it takes an extra person sitting at the scores table Mm -hmm. to run the shot clock. That person has to be trained. Mm -hmm. That person has to be paid. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the the officials that are officiating the game have to be trained and it, it's not just, oh, we're going to put a shot pop- clock up <laughs> on the backboard yeah. and, and, and everybody knows how to make it work. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I guess I'm neutral because I personally wouldn't mind seeing it, but I understand why we don't have it. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't, really disagree with any of those arguments against it yeah. um because um you know those those are reality mm-hmm. um you, you know some schools like, like i coached at high school that the shot clock was up there mm-hmm. and so they didn't but we also played at schools that what you know so now yeah. whatever the shot clock costs i you know fifteen hundred dollars that they has got to come up with fifteen hundred dollars to get find
0: thing um, and you got to wire that um, you got to wire that thing up our new gym we put the shot clocks in we have the game yeah. clock up there so it makes it nice because while you're playing you have the game clock up there um, yeah but we have it installed in the event that we ever go to it but not every gym is set yeah. up like that like you said and right. the, the training and yeah. all it's more than just hey let's have a 35 second shot clock and, <laughs> and let's go yeah. play yeah um, but i yeah. do agree with your point too that most high school basketball games that you go to, um, and now I'm, I'm discounting this area because, you know, our heritage here at Bar-Reeve, Bar and North Davies, and obviously possession games are, are incredibly important in this neck of the woods. But I think the majority of high school games that you go to, most possessions are finished within 35 seconds. So the, yeah. game, the game would be very similar, I think, uh, to what yeah. it is, to I what... don't
1: think it's gonna. I agree. I don't think it's gonna change. I don't think it would change the game mm-hmm. in the whole picture. Yeah. Now, obviously, there's you can always pick out exceptions, and, and but I, I don't think in a general sense it's gonna it would change the game mm-hmm. necessarily. Uh, and you know, where, where I see the issues are that, that AD, uh, especially has problems, mm-hmm. and and I. I, I can't disagree. I, I understand their their uh, issues. Yeah. Um, and you're a, guy,
0: real. you're a guy that, that I wanted to ask about that because, like, you talked about your discussions with the IHSA being on the IBCA executive committee. They come to you guys with, with your opinions. And I also appreciate the fact that, you know, you guys poll high school coaches to get our input before you go to those meetings it's not just you know the guys on the executive committee go in there and throw in their personal opinions you guys are going in and you're talking to the IHSA about the feedback that you get from high school coaches so I appreciate that another another real change that they're talking about making is potentially resetting the fouls at the end of the quarter and uh and having it to where you know five fouls get you into the bonus in a quarter what are your thoughts on that? well
1: and and that's that's very interesting because in our meeting uh this past week with there's 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 different i'll call them levels of possible rule changes mm-hmm. so there there's there's an actual rule change like what you're talking about here mm-hmm. um or or there's there's um like the shot clock is a different type mm-hmm. of, of thing. And then there's there's things that come from the national federation. Mm-hmm. So the game of basketball is not just played in Indiana. We, we sometimes think that absolutely, we're, we're the only. <laughs> yeah, we but, do. <laughs> but you know, there's fifty states, and you know, we're 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 the United States of America. So there has to be some uniformity across uh-huh. the board. And so the national federation makes some rules, and like the shot clock they they suggest you play with the shot clock, but they don't require it. Mm-hmm. Now, they require that you have a white uniform and a dark uniform. Mm-hmm. And, and, that, that, and so if you don't follow their required rules, then you can't be part of the National Federation. You lose out on you know, having a voice Mm -hmm. in that. Yeah. Um, and, and so the the rule that you're talking about is, is patterned after, um, the college women, Mm -hmm. uh, which they play four quarters. Uh, you know, college men is the only group that I never understood this, but college men are the only ones that don't play four quarters in Mm -hmm.
2: basketball, Mm -hmm.
1: but the college women, that there is no one and one,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: uh, and so you get five fouls.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: On the sixth foul, you shoot two shots. Mm-hmm. The first five fouls, you take the ball out of bounds.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, unless it's a shooting foul. Yeah. Uh, that that wouldn't change. And I don't really have an opinion one way or the other. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know um, uh, um, what, what – I really don't – I really don't have an opinion. I, you know, I know – I guess what it might change is if a team's going to play uh, hack-a-shack, you know, they'll mm-hmm. – we're going to foul the worst shooter on the other team and yeah. see if he misses. Well, now that he, – he's not shooting a one and one he's shooting two shots. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now that coach – you know, there's still going to be some strategy. Are you going to play hack-a-shack? Are you going to foul that guy? Mm-hmm. Um is, is the kid going to step up there knowing that, well, he's got two tries and not, you know, if he misses the first one, he still got his second shot. Um, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I really haven't given it much thought. Um, I think it I, makes I those end
0: of end of game, end of half uh, scenarios at the end of the second and the end of the fourth quarter, it just makes them different, you know, and, and yeah, you could get right. into the bonus a little quicker um, in, in different scenarios. And and the last right. one, Coach, that I wanted to talk to you about uh, was you had alluded to this earlier: the change in the 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 format of the tournament this year, where okay. the regional became one game and the semi-state became two. Um, I know you you talked about the battles that you had in the regional level uh, in, in those years. You had some tournament runs. Well, just what are your what are your thoughts about the change in the tournament format? Well,
1: based on what happened this year, I'd say it was a pretty good move uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> uh, i i you know I wasn't sure you know i am old enough that you know okay, I like the old school yeah uh, regional with two games but yeah. uh with, with with this format um uh, you know more schools you had more regional winners mm-hmm. uh, I, i'm I'm not opposed to you know mm-hmm letting more people have success and yeah. and uh and then and you know all it did was switch okay it it kind of I mean I wasn't involved in it but it, I don't know if easier is the correct term because none of it's easy when you're trying to win a regional or a semi state but Absolutely the, the, it, 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 when you when you come out of that sectional and you I mean that's such a grind to win those three games mm-hmm. and then you're going to turn around and play two games in one day, yeah. which you don't do all season. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think maybe for the kids and the coaching staff, it's probably better. And yeah. then you win that one game and now you can turn around. And now you got to win two games mm-hmm. to get to go to the state finals. Yeah. Um, and so I can see the positives to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, like I said, what I saw happen this year it seemed to be pretty successful. Yeah. So, From uh, a revenue perspective, but, uh, you know
0: it's got to be better for the IHSA. Um, oh, my, yeah. My thought yeah. is, you know, when I remember as a player, I played in the old single-class tournament, and then we made that transition, you know, to the, to the class while I was in high school. And in the early days of class, the format that we have now is the way that it was. And I don't, what I didn't get is why did we change from that to begin with? And sometimes I think we just tweak to see if we can make it better. But, um, yeah, I, I think my, my personal thoughts were initially, I didn't like it, but it'll be like anything else after a few years, we'll get used to it. And that'll be the way that things are.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's like, I grew up, you had the semi-state was two games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and now the regional was two games also, yeah. but, um, but the semi-state was, you know, I, I, as, as a coach, I found that, you know, it. Yeah, it was almost like I didn't feel like I was doing anything that week of the semi-state because after going through the sectional and the regional, I'm like, we only have to prepare one scouting report. <laughs> well, we I <laughs> well, we got one. semi Well, I got one. said, what you am know. I going to do with myself all week? <laughs> my, my my wife's going, don't you have? To go watch some tape on. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like. I'm I'm done. I got it all done. I'm, yeah. Uh, uh, so uh, I, I I see a lot of positives to it, and, and um, I I think it's a it's, it's a good move. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. It's you know it's changed, but mm-hmm. it was just the the other the old way. Um, it's just flipping those two weekends. It's mm-hmm. really the way I looked at it. It's really nothing different. Uh, other than, um, you're you're keep, keeping some more people, communities involved. Absolutely. And why why not do that? Why, mm-hmm. why not let um, whatever? I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but let those other, you know, those that
0: many more communities. Yeah, be twice, decided twice the number. Week. Yeah, it doesn't hurt anybody. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, there's no yeah. Well, Coach, we're, we're at the end of our time, and I cannot thank you enough for your perspective on those rule changes and, and different things going on with the tournament. Um, I just appreciate you sharing with us and talking a little bit about your coaching career. So, Coach, best of luck to you um, as a as a fan watching your son and, and your son-in-law in the, this coming season. And also, as a grandpa, I know that keeps you busy. So, the best of luck there, Coach.
1: <laughs> Thank you very much, Josh. Appreciate you having me on, and uh, appreciate what you've done with your career and what you what you do for kids and uh, student athletes. Uh, and it, I, I just really appreciate when you called me. I, I'm very excited appreciate
0: it. Well, absolutely, Coach. It's a labor of love, and, and thank you. And, again, also thanks for multitasking with us. You were getting your car worked on today. Coach McClellan <laughs> was dealing with his dog at the vet the other day when he was on. So, uh, I appreciate you. You know, coaches, we're multitaskers, man. We we can do yeah, more than one thing yeah. at a time. Well, Coach, yeah, best yeah. to you and your family. Thank you, Coach. Thank appreciate you. It.
1: Chugging it from the cheap seats is also brought to you by BSN Sports and Jeff Neal, their sales rep. Shop BSN Sports for a large selection of sports apparel and footwear, custom and stock Nike team uniforms, and sports equipment for your
2: next winning season. Contact Jeff Neal at 812-204-3808 or visit bsnsports.com.